And welcome everybody to a new edition of NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And Brandon is in Dallas, Texas tonight. I am, I am. And I'm coming to you from the beautiful hill country of Texas. So, hey, this is possibly a glimpse into the future of things to come for us. Yes. Both of us being in Texas. Yes, except I'm going to be a little farther east and have my own studio not sitting in a hotel room. So, <laughs> Yeah, so if, uh, if he sounds a little funky, it's because he's on a... What, you don't even have a microphone, do you? No, the microphone that I... I, I have one, and normally I have it with me, but it, when we packed everything to head out here, I completely forgot to throw it in the suitcase. So you're going straight through the computer mic? Yep. All right. Well, you actually sound pretty good, so I think we're going to be okay. Good. All right. Before we get into today's topic... We first have to, of course, mention that you can reach out to us and email us at downtherh at protonmail.com. Keep the emails coming. We always appreciate that. Thank our buds over there at fringeradionetwork.com and the mothership nwczradio.com channel one, which they air us, I don't know, a couple times a week. So you can go to the website, check it out. We did get an email that I think we need to address because we, last week we opened the show and we were talking a little bit about the Alex Jones trial. Yes. The billion-dollar verdict that came down on him and the, just the whole nonsense of the trial. Basically, we got a lot of people right now being persecuted for things they said. Mm-hmm. Not things they did, things that they have said. And one of the points that we made on last week's show is... And we didn't know this for a fact, but you brought up that you felt or you thought that you, that he had doxed some of the parents. Which is one of the things when, and of course, like I said, I didn't reach deep into that one. I just read a couple small articles on the, the amount of money, and it was mentioned a couple times in those articles that people had said it. So it was one of those things I hadn't re- researched into it and come to find out that it was false information. So according to this email, and this comes from a listener, Michelle, up in Canada, and she p- pointed out that she loves the show, and, but there were a couple of flaws in our presentation on the Alex Jones thing, and we always appreciate that because, as we said, we didn't really dig deep into it. It wasn't show topic. The verdict had just come down, and we were just sort of off the cuffing it. Yes. Well, she said that AJ didn't dox anyone didn't name anyone and didn't even entertain the crisis actor thing until two years later after, according to her, other people were doing that. And she said it was only for a few moments, seven minutes to be exact. She also said that no defamation suits came out until about seven years after that. And 90% of the families refused to take part in the suits. And then she goes on to talk about some other things on the civil trial and some links that we could go to for verification. So I looked into it, and she's correct as far as I could tell on the doxing. It was not Alex Jones. It was actually some Alex Jones listeners. And that's not Alex Jones' fault. No, it's not. And that's one of those things, like we said in the thing, I mean, and kind of the point that I was making, even though I was incorrect in it, was that even if he had the $1 billion is a little high. I mean, not even a little high. It's a lot high. Uh, that much money because he, which I mean, not the, most of those things you could have found out with a little bit of research yourself. 
like if you really want to find out where someone lives and their address a little bit of research and you can find it pretty easily so i mean most of those people in that state were actively trying to hide it wouldn't have been able to hide it that well well the biggest problem i'm having is that people are being sued and punished for things they have said mm-hmm. you have kanye west who's currently being sued by george floyd's family or some of the families i don't even know there's i haven't seen that it's actually happened i just said that it's in the process and may happen right. so i don't know if it's really happened or not it's just i've seen of course reports that this is what's likely to happen well i think it's his daughter's mother so i don't think they were ever married so it's baby mama and she has procured a an attorney and they're putting the suit together but regardless he said some things whether they're true or not it's not a defamation of character george floyd's dead you can't defame a dead person and Alex Jones saying some things on his program that either happened to not be true or however he presented it. Because like I said, I don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't know Maybe. how he said these things. I didn't go back and listen to the clips. But even if he came out and said, these were crisis actors and this was a false flag. And the reason they're doing this is to take your guns. If he said that point blank, you can disagree with him. You may not like him proven false, whatever, but to sue him and to be rewarded for that is ridiculous. Yeah. And I thought I mean, we were... It's ridiculous. It makes it like things that we're going to say, we have freedom of speech, but now it's freedom of speech as long as you don't hurt someone's feelings. If I say something that hurts your feelings, suddenly you can sue me because I caused you pain because I hurt your feelings by saying something. And now all of a sudden it's, you know... I don't know. But I thought we moved past this a long time ago with the whole rock music causing people to commit violent acts and suicide and so forth. Apparently now it's moved on to podcasters and celebrities saying things that hurt people's feelings. (laughs) Well, people need to get thicker skins. And part of it is, is in America, we do have a ridiculously crazy litigious society. Oh, yeah. And these boneheaded juries who keep rewarding this stuff, all that does is feed the beast. No, it does. Because now all of a sudden people know I can get a payday. Oh, you you looked at me cross-eyed. And well, that offended me. Right. So that's my new goal is I'm going to just download a ton of podcasts and mark down all the ones that offend me, cause me mm-hmm. harm, emotional harm or emotional damage, things I don't agree with, things that make me cringe. And I'm going to sue them all into oblivion. Okay. And that's where we're going to. I mean, it's one of those things that it's just, it's ridiculous that, yeah. I mean, we've said some things on here that we've stated right out. We don't know if it's true or not. And we've stated them. Mm-hmm. We've stated things on here. At least I know how I have on my midweek podcast of things that I think are coming. Oh, yeah. They're not true yet, but all signs are pointing in a direction. And if they never show up, they never happen. You know, I've encouraged people to you know, store up food, to learn how to barter, prepare for what's coming. Well, what if it never comes? Are they all going to sue me because 
they took my advice and bought gold and silver and stockpiled food and water and whatnot. Well, of course, because you wasted their time. That's my worry that I'm going to get that somebody's going to come after me and sue me for all the money they spent on rice, beans, and stuff <laughs> and their prepper kits. And um, but hey, I'll just buy it from them. How about that? I mean, it's one of those things. It's there's yeah. I mean, it's getting to a point now that everyone's afraid to say anything because we're going to get sued for it. So, and it's just getting worse. Well, and I think that's where we differ because I know I'm not. I'm not afraid to say anything. No, I'm not either. And they can shadow ban us. They can deplatform us. They they can do whatever they want. And we fly under the radar pretty well because we don't promote ourselves. We don't have a social media presence. We don't have anything, any of that stuff. Yeah. And that's by design. And we have our list of those who want to be, if we get canceled, we're still going to put stuff out there. And if you want to be on that that email list, just email us at downtherh at protonmail.com. We'll add you to the list. That's, it's as simple as that. Just send us an email, say, put me on the list. And in case if we go down, we'll email you and let you know we're down and how we're going to get the show to you. It's really simple. I'm not afraid of saying anything. And I'm not afraid of having thoughts because that's the next that's my worry and that is a major concern is it's going to go beyond speech to your thought what you thought wrong you didn't have the right thoughts your intentions were wrong we can tell we know what you're thinking and it's out of line and so therefore we're going to have to punish you for your thoughts and or your feelings things that are invisible things that you haven't said no no actions taken yeah it's going to come down to that. What was that movie with that where, yeah, it, you, people started getting arrested for what they were going to do? Minority Report. Yep. And that's what we're going to come down to. It is somehow they're going to know what we're thinking, which they already do. They it's do. Start but, being, oh, you thought this horrible, horrible thought. They do do this already with anybody who is on social media. If you buy from Amazon, you, you do any kind of work with Google search or any of that stuff. It's all tracked, what you buy, what you look at, what you read, what you watch, if you're on YouTube, any of that stuff, it's all being tracked. And there is a case being made for your profile to them. Mm -hmm. And if they ever decide we were going to go after this person because of this, and you say, well, you don't know what I'm thinking. We see you watch these videos, you ordered these books, you read these articles, we know who you are, we know how you think, and therefore, you're guilty. Yeah. Because really what it is, it's going to come down to where they're going to go after people looking for a crime, not a crime looking for a person. Yeah. yeah it's going to come down to those things, and we're already on this because of the stuff we search for this show, so... <laughs> I'm on so many lists. I don't even. I, I could care less. Yeah. I mean, I do my best to hide myself through my searches. I keep a low profile. I use VPN. I use different search engines, three or four different search engines. But even still, they know. Mm. When it comes right down to it, they they know. If you if you have internet access to your house, if you have anything streaming, yeah, if you're on Facebook, 
current location, any of that stuff. Any of that stuff, if it's turned on, or even if it's not, they still they can just tap into it. Oh yeah, that's one of the things a lot of people think that if I turn off the the location on my phone, no, they can still turn that back. They can still watch you. They still know where it's at. It just means that the apps aren't seeing it. <laughs> exactly. It just doesn't show up when you yeah, text somebody. It doesn't tell them where you're at. But they do know. They know. They know. They know. All right. Well, I wanted to clear that up because I do appreciate the email. I do appreciate the the interest in what we're talking about and the heads up on where we're wrong on stuff. And we were wrong that we now know Alex Jones did not dox anybody. I did confirm that. Yeah. Which, I mean, like we've said before, we're not one of these people that if we, we're going to freak out because you said we're wrong, we're going to go back, do the research and say, oh, well, you were right. Yeah. So, so that's even creepier, though, that if somebody is listening to you, does something, and they can point it back to you. Like, why didn't they go after those people? The ones who actually did the posting and the doxing. Because it's easier. Alex Jones is a figure, and now they can show, hey, look what we can do. Oh, yeah. Well, they're doing they it to every people like us, you know, and Joe Rogan and all those people that to slow down. To, oh, don't say anything because now all of a sudden they're going to, hopefully, you know, guys like Joe Rogan is suddenly going to start changing what they're talking about because, oh, they might get me like they did Alex Jones. Oh, yeah. Do it. Same thing to Steve Bannon. Same thing to Rudy Giuliani. Same thing to a lot of these guys. And I believe you're right, Rogan. Look what they're doing to Elon Musk. They're going after him. Mm -hmm. So Rogan is on, is on the chopping block, and he has been a couple of times already, and he skated through, but at some point, they're, they're going to get him. Yeah, they are. So they're just showing that, hey, we can get Alex Jones, we can get you too. Well, come on. Bring it on. I'm, a, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't have anything to lose anyway, so what do I care? <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready. I'm the same way. All right, let's get into today's topic because this is the conclusion of this four-part mini series on the Illuminati families. And then I believe we have one more. I think there's enough families to do one more. I think so. So this is our, this is our second or third one. I can't even remember. Time flies. Yeah, it's been, yeah, second or third, one of those two. I think it might be the third. I think you're right. I think it might be the third. So after this, we'll take a break and then we'll do the final four and, and then we'll close the books on the Illuminati families. But it's been, and it is a wonderful exercise. I love to do research, and I love a challenge. And I got to tell you, I know we said this last week, but this one, this one was quite the challenge. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. It actually ended up being more about like other secret societies and some of the secret societies that they think came before the Illuminati and everything else with these guys. Yeah, we'll talk about that because I did a, a book review on one of the books that they lean heavily on in this theory. And I've read it and its companion, and um, we'll talk about that as we get going. But today we're talking about the Freeman family, and the Freeman family is one I hadn't heard of, honestly. I hadn't either. I was actually surprised to see them on the list, being that they are super low profile. However, like most of the families that we have found that are on the lower profile, they do have an interesting and I will say satanic background. It's kind of weird. Yeah. The ones who are in the shadows, the ones that we don't hear about as much, seem to be way more into the occult side of things. And I don't know if that's just because, and, and again, we lean heavily 
on Fritz Sprengmeier because he's the one who wrote the book, The Bloodlines of the Illuminati, and he's the one who pointed out these 13 families, which is why we're going through them to see if there's any validity or not to this. Yeah, so a lot of people, you know, wonder why we didn't, we have, I mean, for one, the Fritz Springmeyer Bloodlines of the Illuminati, once again, um, it's on the CIA's website. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to go down these 13, because why, if there's no validity to any of this, why is it on the CIA's website? Why can I go there and get it from the CIA's website? Why did they have it? And why are they looking into it? I'm sure they looked into it heavily, or at least at some point, which is why they documented it. Mm -hmm. So we got to go into er the origins in the early part of the Freemans before we get into anything that is current. And that was the toughest part, really, of, about a lot of this stuff. And according to, I'm not sure if this is his book or if this, because this is in a, I found this on a website in an article form. And so I don't know if this is from Fritz's book or not. But it says that there are obviously different unrelated family lines that have the last name Freeman. And in the preliminary gene genealogical work, they found Freemans coming from England, France, Germany, and Austria. He believes the ones who are part, most likely part of the Illuminati Freemans came from England and also France. Yeah. And the reason he says that is because he did some research and he looked into it. <clears throat> he found some genealogist whose name was Freeman. He wrote to this guy and the guy came back and said his family basically came from an English town of Barnstaple that there was about a 50 mile radius around this that the Freemans were really, really heavy in. Also, he says he doesn't think the last name originated in Barnstaple, but that's kind of where they landed for a while and that's where they uh, sort of launched from. So some of, wherever they originally came from, and it's a pretty common name. That's the problem with Freeman. If you just search up the word Freeman, Freeman family, yeah, there's Freemans all over the world. There was. There was a lot. There's even like the Freeman family murders. There's a whole bunch of random weird stuff when you look up Freeman. And all different races, all different colors from all different countries. I did some de genealogical work on it myself, and I was just astounded at this tree. So when we're talking about the Freeman family, there's a specific Freeman line that we're going to go down. So don't be confused by anybody you meet that is named Freeman. <laughs> They're most likely not in this clan. Yeah. It's a specific Freeman clan. I think probably where we need to start is with this Gaylord Freeman and Roger Freeman. Because Gaylord Freeman was and I looked him up. He was, of course, in banking. He led the Chicago's first national bank. But like with all of these, he started off with very little. He was kind of went under the radar and he belonged to some societies. And his father is kind of unknown. And this guy just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. However, they believe that his father, grandfather, and everything had deep connections to this prior to science. Yeah, which was one of the things I kept finding was a prior to sign and that like, yeah. If you're not familiar with prior to sign, it's a very strange 
tale. The book that I referred to earlier is called Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And then there was a, a companion book to it, and I can't remember the name of that. It was something about the blood. But it's this group that believes, and it's a real group, and it does go way back. There's a lot of proof that this group existed, that they were uh, around France and England, Israel, in the Middle East. And there's a strong belief that they have many of the relics of Christendom. And that they actually, like the Crusades, a lot of people believe that the Crusades were carried out by this group rounding up all these things. They're the very same artifacts, by the way, that Hitler was looking for. He believed in this group. He believed they had them. They yeah. believe it's the Holy Grail, obviously, which is the cup of the Last Supper. They believe that there's, they have the Ark of the Covenant. They believe they have all kinds of different things, including, and this is where it really goes off the rails, a lot of people who believe that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had a kid and that they are the perfect bloodline. And yeah. that they're stored, this perfect bloodline is being protected by this prior to Zion, and they're somewhere on earth being sheltered away, hidden away. There's a lot of theories on that. I talked a little bit about it on one of my midweek shows, if you want to hear that. I kind of went into a little more detail, but that's the general gist of this group. There's a lot of people. I read a lot of things when I was going down a lot of religious study that people that believe that uh, Mary Magdalene actually wasn't that what they said that she was what's the word they use in the, the Bible I can't remember what word they use in the Bible but the word could mean like that she was a a, a woman of the night or it she could was a just prostitute. That, which from one of the some of the stuff I've read and I'd have to go back and look it's been years since I looked at it that the word that they use in the Bible isn't technically prostitute it's basically could mean just someone that's like has been in trouble right with me. so it could be somebody could have just been that she was not of she she had womanly ideas that were she shouldn't have had at the time or it could be something else but that there have been people that religions and other groups that believe that yes like you said that jesus and mary magdalene actually got married after the crucifixion and him coming back from the dead and lived together and lived out there alive and had more than one children and that you know the prior to sign is actually the ones that have protected that bloodline yeah it's also if you've ever seen the da vinci code yeah they sort of alludes to it well i guess it alludes to it in a lot of ways there because at the end of the da vinci code they unlock the secret to where this kid is who's a direct descendant of christ yeah, so they believe only be if that you know he yeah, it's not like they took a DNA sample or anything <laughs> and froze it. He would have had to got married. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also found another website that says the Freeman clan was formed in the small yet lucrative colony of Port Osei during the area of Shimeon Freehold when the Shimeon world was dictated by the rich and wealthy land-owning clans. At some point, the family migrated south to the Shimeon homeland bringing with them new technologies and concepts that gave them an edge in the Freehold's clan-driven system. Their growing popularity, power, and prestige made them the targets of a conspiracy by other conservative clans, leading to the Shinsei trial that de 
devastated the freehold and the continent. And then it goes on to say, since then, the Freeman family has become very widespread, has remained extraordinarily prominent, and have had significant impact on major historical events for thousands of years. They, they claim they go way back to uh, what we call the, the black nobility. Yeah, a lot of stuff I was reading, the, the, the stuff about the, what is it, the, what you, the, the order of descent, which is another basically part of that, that that actually goes way yeah, back to the black nobility, um, Knights Templar, everything else is all part of that. So they believe that this Gaylord Freeman, who just all of a sudden in America shows up and is running a bank and very wealthy, but is out of the public eye. I mean, you can find a few articles about him. And mm -hmm. one of the articles that they pointed out, and it, I did find this very fascinating. This was in the New York Times. It is from March 8th, 1991, I believe. And it says, uh, Gaylord Freeman Jr., 81, dies, led Chicago's first national bank. It says, Freeman, who spent his ent entire career with the First National Bank and its parent, First Chicago Corporation, was frequently called on by Washington for advice and assistance. In 1976 and 1977, he headed a commission appointed by Congress that charted the future of the United States Postal Service. He became chairman of First National Bank three decades after he joined the bank as a lawyer, retired in 75, and it goes on. Now, why is a guy who's just a bank leader, and not even like a huge bank, it's the Bank of Chicago, but even then, Chicago, yes, major city, but it wasn't Wells Fargo, it wasn't Chase Bank, it wasn't any of these big banks that have worldwide prominence. He's being called on by Washington for advice and assistance? That's a little weird. That is a little weird. Also, his, I think it's his brother, Simon Freeman, he was an important intelligence officer. And there was another Freeman who, at the same time when he passed away, in his biography or his obituary, they said the same thing, that he was called on by the government and by the military for all of this instructions or to help them with things. And you got to wonder why these guys no one's ever heard of. None of them yeah. ran for public office. None of them did any of that. And all of a sudden, we're finding out, hey, they're getting called on by Washington, the military, the CIA, the FBI. And also, there's this guy, Orville Freeman, who was the ex-Minnesota governor. He was also a cabinet member for Kennedy and the Kennedy and Johnson administration. According to this that he was hooked up with David M. Kennedy, who was a Bilderberg member, William Jesse Kennedy III, who was a key man in the Duke Illuminati family, and that this Orville Freeman was feeding Kennedy and Johnson all kind of advice and information and was one of the people who turned on Kennedy. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part I had with this is the fact that finding like you know Simon and Orville and Gaylord, it was the names in this family are very well hidden because Freeman is such a common name that every time we look it up, you're finding random Freemans. It's like, okay, are these Freemans part of it? But there's nobody besides like the one guy that you mentioned that was, you know, the Orville or whatever, that was a governor. 
none of them held political office and none of them had these you know i mean the bank of chicago what poll does he have but it ends up actually quite a bit you know and that's kind of it with this is there was a lot of these guys they stayed so far back even farther back than the bundys and some of the other ones that didn't draw attention to themselves they're definitely the ones in the background whispering in someone's ear yeah, there was this guy, Stephen M. Freeman, who ran the Legal Affairs Department of the Civil Rights Division of the Anti-Defamation League. There was also Walter Freeman. Now, this guy, Walter Freeman, creeps me out. Did you, did you find this guy? No, I missed that one. So Walter Freeman is the individual who introduced the lobotomy, along with James oh. Watts, into the U.S. Yes. I did. He was one of the ones because he isn't he the one that did the lobotomy, lobotomy on Rose Kennedy? I believe so. He brought it here. He's the one that, that introduced it. Raised in Philadelphia. He was born in 1895. Walter Freeman was a neurologist, not a neurosurgeon. He enlisted the help of James Watts. One year after their first leucotomy, Freeman directed Watts through the very first prefrontal lobotomy in the United States on housewife Alice Hood. By November, only two months after performing their first lobotomy surgery, Freeman and Watts had worked on 20 cases. By 1942, they had performed over 200 lobotomies. Yeah. Then it says, after almost 10 years of performing lobotomies, Freedom heard of, heard of a doctor in Italy who operated on the brain through his patient's eye sockets, allowing him to access the brain without drilling the skull. That's when they would put an ice pick, basically, in the eye. It became known as the ice pick lobotomy. Then he, <laughs> he decided to do that. After a while, it says the transorbital lobotomy method did not require a neurosurgeon and could be performed outside of an operating room with the use of anesthesia. Modifications no. to this lobotomy allowed Freeman to broaden the use of the surgery, which could be performed in psychiatric hospitals throughout the United States that were overpopulated and understaffed. He charged yeah. 25 bucks for each procedure. After four decades, he had personally performed as many as 4,000 lobotomy surgeries in 23 yeah. states. 2,500 of them were the ice pick procedure. And he had no formal surgical training. No. I mean, he didn't wear gloves. He didn't wear a mask. I mean, what, there was one story in 51 where he killed a patient because he stopped to take a photo and ended up pushing the instrument too far into the brain? He killed over 100 of his patients. And he lobotomized 19 minors, including a four-year-old. That's wicked just on its face. Yeah. And, and this idea of that we talk about where the Illuminati wants to dumb down people reduce population, control people. These are the different ways that they've come about doing this over time. They take whatever is whatever's available to them and they take it to the max. And it's only mm. when people finally catch on and realize this is basically demonic. This is you want to talk about satanic. This is satanic work right here. Oh yeah. Finally people catch on, they fight back. And so then they scurry off into the corner and regroup for whatever is the next means that they can use to do their dirty deeds. But this guy was a Freeman and part of the Freeman clan. 
and it makes you wonder if his ability, you know, if he's another one of those ones where because he was a freeman and his family had such pull, he was able to get away with this. If it had been anybody else, would he have been able to get away with 4,000 lobotomies before someone said, hey, you know, this is probably not a good, we probably should be doing this. Yeah, according to this article, it says his patients had to often be retaught how to eat and use the bathroom. Yeah. Relapses were common. Some never recovered. About 15% died from the procedure. Uh, brutal. He, he had a better, you know, he had worse survival rates than COVID. He reminds me of the protection that Fauci has. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who's being protected. This guy is super, super protected. Brutal. So going back to this Gaylord Freeman, who is, according to Fritz Sprinmeier, is the, I guess, the, the proof positive that the Freeman clan is linked to the Illuminati. And the reason that is, is because in this prior to Zion, according to Fritz, and I've tried to verify this, I tried to look it up, I've read several books on this group. I don't remember his name being mentioned, but he was apparently a grandmaster of this prior to Sion. Yes. According to this, it says from 1918 to 1963, Jean Cocteau or Cocteau was grandmaster of the prior to Sion following the unification of the various powers into a secret New World Order government in 1954. The prior to Sion had a major policy dispute. Now, that's interesting because... In several books that I've read about the prior to Sion, it does talk about a major schism that they had. And to this day, I can't find their speculations as to what the schism was, what they were all upset about within their organization, but very tight-lipped. Yeah. So then it goes on to say that in 1963, Cockatoo died, and Gaylord Freeman became the grandmaster. Then in 1981, Pierre Plantard took over as grandmaster and goes on to talk more about him, basically. But this Gaylord Freeman, if you look at the family tree, he's directly linked to all these other Freemans that we're talking about. Gaylord Freeman is linked up to to Walter Jackson Freeman, yep. Orville Freeman, all of these guys. They're all connected through the bloodline. They may not be brothers, but they're cousins, and they're, they all share the same bloodline, which is the whole point of Fritz Sprintmeyer's, I guess, his overall theme here is that there's a bloodline that runs through this. Oh, the other guy I was thinking about, was his name was Roger Freeman. Roger Freeman was also one of these guys who hung out with the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. He was a senior fellow. This Roger Freeman was a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute. And when he died, they also put down that he played a role as an advisor to two presidents. As I looked into it, he also instructed military and others. And it's like nobody knows anything about this guy. Hmm. There was also another Freeman, James Freeman. Did you run into this person? No, I did not see James. So James Freeman's interesting because he played a leadership role in what was called the Unity School. And he wrote 
six important books according to this about unity, which and we're not talking about unity in today's standards where we're all trying to get together. This this was sort of a new age. This unity was the one world. We should all be one world. We should all be global. It was the beginning. It was the early days of this globalism. You think locally, act globally, all of that stuff. For those yeah. of you who weren't around in the 60s and the 70s, that was a new concept. But people were thinking, you know, don't think about your country think about how this affects all the other countries and we should all just get along we should all we're all one world that that was a pretty new message yeah for here anyway that we all cared about our our people and that was it right according to this he started a school or helped start this school the unity school in Kansas City between Kansas City Kansas and Kansas City Missouri it's a strip of wooded land, the Little Ricky Road, and that goes through this little forest area. And according to, I think this is Fritz Sprenmeier saying, it's been used for satanic rituals by a coven that was made up of adults. And a man who was part of this unity school hierarchy told Fritz that they secretly conducted Luciferian in initiations and that Robert Schuler. And a lot of you probably don't know who Robert Schuler is because he's passed away, but he was a big-time pastor on TV. He had the Crystal Cathedral in California. And according to this, Robert Schuler was a 33rd-degree Mason and a leading Protestant clergyman who knew all about the Luciferian initiations conducted there. Yet Schuler went ahead and taught his principles of church growth to Unity School. They, they called the school... Unity School of Christianity, but a more accurate name would be Unity School of Witchcraft. Many witches have, in fact, been associated with the Unity Church, and according to this, are closely working with it to secretly destroy Christianity, which we all know is that's a, that's a Marxist theory, that's a New World Order edict, is to destroy not just Christianity, but basically all religions. Yes. There's quite a lot on the Freemans. I mean, he went through spritz. Now, Fritz Springmeier went through and listed a whole bunch of books that other Freemans have written. They were quite they the authors, how, weren't they? they? Are. There was. I mean, because you got Michael Freeman who wrote a bunch about forecasting astrology and a bunch of astrology books, and then have co cohabitation without marriage. Um, that was Martin. Richard B. Freeman. That was Martin Freeman. What's that? Martin Freeman wrote the forecasting astrology. Okay, yeah, I read that wrong. Martin Freeman wrote Forecasting Astrology. Michael Freeman wrote Cohabitation Without Marriage. You know, and there's a bunch of other ones. You know, there's books on philosophy by Kathleen Freeman, Listening to Inner Self, Lucy Freeman, you know, and then Harold Freeman with it towards socialism in America. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of these that they have in here that kind of lean towards a lot of this New World Order kind of thought. So... You know, Joe Freeman with, you know, women's liberation, so politics of women's liberation and women of feminist perspective. You know, handbook on private foundations by David Freeman. I mean, it's kind of, there's a lot of the, I mean, new agey thoughts and stuff like that and stuff that kind of gets into places that, like you said, get rid of religion and everything else, which most of these are thoughts of getting rid of religion. Well, the one that you missed was Richard Freeman wrote the Overeducated American, and that one intrigued. No yeah, that one intrigued me. So I I looked up the PDF file of it, started 
going through it, and <laughs> he's trying to he seriously is trying to make a case that Americans were too smart and that we needed to adjust the education system and make us dumber. I well, think he his, won. his idea was that education should be reserved and saved for those who show promise, and then they're allowed. Basically, we all will unlock this knowledge to those who we deem worthy and the rest of them should just be workers and should only they only need to know this much so why are we wasting our time isn't that what we're trying to go to right now anyway i mean that's pretty much the public school system yeah i mean teach the ones and then you find the ones that are there you, if you don't have the money and you're not one of those families that has the money you go into the the public school system which is i mean sorry if there's any public school teachers out there or anything like that is a far less than a lot of these private schools that the rich and famous can afford to pay for. So unless you're picked and selected, and they might take the smartest ones and give them scholarships because they think they're smart enough to go to these schools. But in that, you're stuck at the public school unless you have a rich family or you're, you know, genius level, you know, Albert Einstein level smart. According to, I think this, again, I think this is Fritz's book, it's not off the CIA website. It's off another place. But he says, in summary, we find the Freeman family popping up as the grandmaster of the prior design, as co-founder of the OTO, member of the Skull and Bones, as a powerful ADL member, a member of Satanic Covens, authors of occult books, as well as other suspicious things. should also be mentioned that two of the Freemans have been very important advisors to U.S. presidents and many other high political leaders. Freeman family has all the earmarks of being one of the top 13 Illuminati families, as my confidential sources reveal. So I want to talk really quick before we get out of here about this, the satanic side of this. I think a lot of times when Fritz refers to them as satanic, I don't think he's meaning they're Satan worshipers. Like they're doing black masses in their family. There are some, we've, we've discussed, there are some who have done that. And maybe they do. I couldn't find that in here. But I think what he's talking about is, is the overall plan of the Illuminati is, according to him, and I say me as well, but we could all disagree on that, is a satanic takeover plan. Yeah. And so when they're writing books that go against... Everything we believe, pushing people towards astrology, which is, of course, anti-church, over-education, breaking down families, this co cohabitation without marriage, listening to the inner self, towards socialism in America, all these different things. And oddly enough, this, this handbook on private foundations, they're basically telling you in that little handbook, I, I, I read through it, how the Illuminati hide their money. And we've talked about this many times. How to set up private foundations, how to hide your money, how to get rich through different charitable organizations and so forth. It's the Rothschild blueprint. Yeah. When we talk a lot of times, and when Fritz mentions they're satanic, or it's a satanic book, or it's a satan... Basically, what I think what he's meaning is it's anti-religion, anti-Christianity. Therefore, it there's only in his mind there's only one one of two ways to go. 
yeah. satanic or Christianity. Me personally, I believe that it is a spiritual war between good and evil. How you want to break that down, that's up to you. But oh, I, I, do, I do think that the those that are part of the Illuminati, those that are marching on this new world order bandwagon, those who are trying to change society, that plan that they're using, and I, and, and I say they're trying to set up the beast system because they are. this is a satanic plan in the way that they are acting as an overlord of the world. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, according to the Bible, it does say that Satan is the prince of this earth, that he rule, he does run wild on the earth. And I think they're doing that bidding. No, I agree. I agree that they are completely. Also, I think we missed, we talked a little bit about this Orville Freeman, but according to this other article that I read, he, do you remember Walter Mondale? Oh, yeah. When Orville Freeman was the governor of Minnesota, he appointed Walter Mondale to the position of attorney general when Walter Mondale was only 32 years old. <laughs> Walter Mondale was the only U.S. senator on the Trilateral Commission. According to this, Orville Freeman was appointed as a cabinet member for the Kennedys and then the Johnson administration and that another Freeman is listed on secret membership list as joining the Order of Skull and Bones in 1869, and goes on. And Don Freeman wrote books on witches, including Space Witch, Tilly Witch, and they're all in the same line. So, again, this was a tough one. Yes. Because it was all over the map. Freeman is a common name, and it really comes down to which... Freeman, are you talking about? But oddly enough, all the ones that have, that have been pointed out that have held these positions, whether they were in the bank or the governor or kind of operating in the shadows, they're all blood-related. Problem is, like it, with most Illuminati families, you can point to a head of the family. I could not find one with this family. I couldn't either. I couldn't find a definitive place where it started. Like a lot of the modern stuff is with Gaylord, but I couldn't find a, a true beginning point. Well, I couldn't find anything past him. Yeah. Because when Gaylord died, and I'm sure they're out there, but these guys run in the shadows. Because I tried to do a modern search and follow the tree, you know, like Gaylord's kids, what are they doing? Their kids, did he have brothers, sisters? And, and it's... It's ghost town. It's ghostville. And so I found that to be quite frustrating. It is. But I, I wonder if that, like we said, I wonder if that's by design. Oh, 100%. There, I did find this to be interesting. So again, I think this is from the book. He said there was this gal named Mary Freeman of Marlborough, Whitshire, England. And she claimed that in 1988... And in fact, it was on 7-13-1988, almost at midnight, that she was leaving the ancient Druid stone circle of Avebury when she saw a UFO over Silbury Hill. According to Fritz, he says, most people are interested in her UFO report. He's curious why this Freeman lady was out late at night at some ancient Druid site. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thought I had. I mean, when he said that, he said that I'm like, 
Okay, UFOs interesting, but what is she doing at an ancient druid site in the middle of the night? Exactly. In the woods? I don't, I don't know. I've been over there. I've been, there's druid stones all over the place. So yeah. she could have just been out on a midnight walk and happened to be running by it. Or she could have been, she could have been there performing some druid ritual. I don't know. It's left to your imagination. There was also a Lee Jackson Freeman who was a member of the executive board of the National Ministry of the American Baptist Church. He also served in the ecumenical ministries in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There was uh, Lexi Freeman in Nashville, Tennessee, who was a Methodist pastor who is a Freemason. That's all verified. So it seems like they spread out of this that whole Unity Church, Unity School thing. And I do know, if you don't know much about Robert Schuller, he was a strange character. And he tried to claim many, many times that he was evangelical, but he was not. Yeah. He was, in fact, he started a seminary. I can't remember the name of it. But most pastors who came out of there came out with a pretty wild view of Scripture and very ecumenical, very much into we should all just be part of one religion. And it, it alarmed a lot of people because that was, that was not a thing then. And he was really, he was a lot like Joel Olstein, where it was just a lot of fluff and you're good. And, you know, we're all one. We're all little gods. It was, he, was he was a strange and interesting character. A lot, but a lot of celebrities went to his church. He had a big church, all made of glass. They called it the glass cathedral. And I, I've always known something was off with him. I did not know he was a 33rd degree Mason. I looked it up, and that is a fact. Wow. That would explain some things. Which, I don't know. That's always interesting when you see high, high religious people as high-ranking Masons. Just It's two contradictory belief systems. The end story on Schuler was when he was getting close to the end of well, his pastoralship and his life, because he wasn't going to let it go. That was his baby. It was his thing. He was the only pastor. He started it and wrote, you know, built that church to a worldwide audience. He was trying to hand it over to his son. And his son, his son was a goof, and he was terrible. But Robert Schuler would not hand it off to anybody else, oddly enough, and his son destroyed the whole thing, took it all down. Come, come to find out they were laundering money he was stealing money the whole thing came down and so it makes you wonder if when robert schuler was involved how he kept it all going and but then when dad left they said nah we're out because son's an idiot which might be what it was that you know the Illuminati's like oh we can use him and then once the dad's not there anymore like nope we're done with him yeah i'm gonna have to look more into these books that james freeman wrote about the, this unity group. Anywho, that's pretty much it for the Freeman family. I'm tell you, I encourage you to do your research on it, but it's tough. It is. It's really, really tough. And I spent a lot of my time actually verifying what these claims were from Fritz as to who these guys were, chasing down articles that he referenced, and just to make sure that it was all on the up and up. And I would say he... He was pretty spot on with most, if not all of it. I think he went a little off the rails on the prior to Cyan 
and the Morovians and the Masons and the Morovian dynasty and all of that stuff, there is legitimacy to the Priors de Sion. There was a secret society. They did exist. They may still exist. I don't know. But you want to talk about a super, super secret group, and we may have to do just a show on those guys. They're shrouded in all kind of controversy, conspiracy, and secrecy. Yeah. And some people feel like the Knights of Templar were even something that the, the science started and then eventually said, yeah, you guys are getting to a point you're too, too well known and people know you, you can and just let them kind of go away. Well, a lot of people think that prior to science set up the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Yeah. Because they needed to, they knew they were kind of on their way out and they needed a different way for this ideology to flourish. So they said, let's transfer this over here and we'll take the heat off of us. Yeah. So but I don't think they ever went away. I think from a lot of stuff I was reading, it sounds like they just kind of every once in a while, they'd be like, Hey, let's push this over to these guys and say, Hey, we we're now this. When really we're just giving them little pieces of what we do so they can, people can know where they exist and stop looking for us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So check them out. I think we should do a show on the prior design sometime. They're a fascinating group, and there is a lot there's a lot involved there that we just have to brush over. But according to Fritz, they're somehow hooked up with the the Freeman family. Well, one of them supposedly was a grandmaster of them, and that says a lot. So it does. All right, well, I have the midweek podcast, and I'll have that up on Wednesday. And when are you – so you're in Dallas, and when are you heading back home? I fly back Wednesday. All right, so you'll be back for our – you'll be back in studio for our next show. I think you sounded good. I I don't think there's – it's been a problem, this show. Good, good. I hope so, anyway. if, If there was, let us know at uh, downtherh at protonmail.com. In the meantime, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Big D. I'm Brandon. We're out of here. See you later.